1: Welcome to Saturday Morning Cereal, that's right, Maddie P. presents Saturday Morning Cereal, a weekend talk magazine, celebrating the themes of Saturday morning TV that we not only grew up with, but also grew up with us. Uh, yeah, that, that,
0: yeah, that sounds much better than normal. <laughs> does,
1: does it? Well, here's yeah. something that sounds just as bad as normal. Marky is joining us from an undisclosed location somewhere in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. Marky, speak up from so far away.
0: Yeah, I am here. My lawyer, Michael Cohn, had asked me to stay out of California for some <laughs> nondescript <laughs> reasons.
1: Well, we hope we hope you're getting that fixed. Uh, also joining, uh, uh, you could probably have won uh, if you bet, we got uh, Johnny Heck. hey And the rare appearance from, uh, and we're ever so grateful for it, uh, Ms. Holly Hobbits. Hello,
2: how's everybody doing?
1: All right, I'm I'm doing good. I think we've got a full group here. We got a we got a full house to talk about some nice, uh, fun, cheery cultural things like all the shows that got axed today.
3: Way to start yeah. off on a yep. very positive um, note.
1: A, a real Black <laughs> Thursday uh, as we're recording this. A whole lot of cancellations. I think everybody is surprised by. Uh, well, let's start with Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's it a, was- a really popular show. It's been around for twenty years or something now.
3: I think they're going on. They're about to beat um, Gunsmoke, actually, as the longest-running <laughs> show. No, yeah, that was a surprise. Personally, I am not a huge fan of it, um, but everyone I know loves the show. But Fox just just had to job to that, that show. Just, and their season finale, now series finale, is tonight. So Is it
0: really? That, so this is it, huh? No, it. I, I think they
3: got a couple more. I mean, it might be tonight
1: when you guys are listening to this. There's no way to say that Johnny Heck is wrong here, well, I'm because usually of that. time's fickle flow.
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, look, this has been a show that's been on. Was it the, this got to be like the fifth season? Maybe fifth. fifth. Okay, yeah. So th- this is the fifth season. Um, it was. Well, it's it's funny from day one. It's every episode. It, it's it's got the rewatchability. The characters are funny and in like this, like modern era, Me Too era, uh, culturally diverse era, um, equality era. It's one of the fairest uh, depictions of um, African Americans, of gay Americans, of Latino Americans, gay Latino Americans, gay black Latino Americans. uh, uh, minorities and positions of power, uh, uh, police. It's a positive um, view of police. Um, while ultra while also a wacky be, sitcom. Let's not gild the I know too but, much uh, here on it. But, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it but it's a
1: lot of fall. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to keep watching it on Hulu long after it's gone, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think people are going to forget about it, but it was a surprise. I can see it really stings you, Marquis.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's, it's something that's really... It's missing from from today's television, and it's done so well and with such reverence. And yes, it could be you could consider it wacky, um, <laughs> but it does things. It's, it's wacky, bro. It's it a does, wacky show. Yeah. It does things better than I think any show before in, in tackling these issues. You know, it really does it paints a very positive light on a lot of these kind of sensitive topics. It, it doesn't gloss over them. It it approaches them head on. Um, and it doesn't really rely on like the standard, um, stereotypical tropes, you know, like it doesn't like rely on like, stupid gay jokes just because the captain is gay. Right. You know, it's, it, it doesn't, like, stoop to that. You know, it's Andre doesn't stoop... Brower,
3: man. I mean, it's, it's Andre, Andre Brouwer. Mm-hmm. And he's not walking in like, hey, everybody, I'm the captain. You know, yeah. just this really over-the-top, you know, Paul Lynn kind of uh, just, oh, shit, my dress fell off. Or, I don't know. I mean. He's never once
0: sashayed anywhere, you know. <laughs> right. like, like, he's um, – He's one example of what this show has, like, done. And, it, yes, it's, 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 it can be wacky or whatever, but it's – I don't know. It has such heart, and it's so smart. And um, I'm shocked that they would just drop the hammer on it. Hopefully, Hulu – listen to me, Hulu people. Pick this show up. This show needs to continue. I mean, it is great TV.
1: Well, I, I think the Hulu people are the same company that just canceled it from uh, Fox – or at least some of them, anyway. So Netflix or somebody else might come scoop it up. I don't think Hulu's not really in the business. I don't think of saving shows anymore. I think they did that the, the Mindy. Mindy Kaling
3: one, but mm-hmm. that was about it. Oh, uh, that's right, the Mindy Mindy yeah. projects. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it has those certain qualities, be it race or sexual orientation, don't define the character. They're just another part of the character, which is more realistic approach. But you know, Fox just just daunted to dust, and that wasn't the only one, right? What else? Well, well, hold nine,
0: on, I wait. Do I, do? Um, before we move on from this Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing, there is there is something that I think like relates to our to our show, is that Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it revolves around nostalgia. The Jake Peralta character has this massive love for Lethal Weapon, and, and I'm sorry, not Lethal Weapon <laughs> for Die Hard, uh-huh. and. He references it constantly. It drives his life. He references G.I. Joes and Transformers and, like, just everything, you know, and it, it's it's anchored in nostalgia, too. So, oh. uh, this oh,
1: yeah, show, there's, there's the writing on the wall for our demographic. Good point. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: Maybe our – The yeah, Flash has already launch launched the band. It's passing, yeah. It's possible. But All right, go on then. Uh, yes,
1: and uh, also joining it down the road is uh, the Mick, which is just two seasons in,
4: but mm-hmm.
1: wildly popular. I know the first season. Guess it just couldn't keep going. The second
3: one. It that was the shock to me. I mean, we were talking about it briefly before we started, but Caitlin Olsen just rock and rolled, and she could have easily fell into the tropes of like D Reynolds from It's Always Sunny, and there's maybe a hint of that man, but she commanded that show, and I swear to God, I laughed loudly, my neighbors are banging on the wall, man. I was just over my ass laughing. So that one was an equal shock to me and it's just a because I think it was really finally fighting its footing. But yeah, just Fox just stay hey. Yeah,
1: I, I I personally never watched it. I I want to do what I can to drive all those people back to Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm staying away from AP Bio two. Uh which so far as I know was not cancelled today, but uh, everybody just cross your fingers. You just yeah. do
3: of death, man. Yeah, Wait. it's gone. Yep,
1: that's it. It's got the anti bump <laughs> right here on the show. You heard it. Beginning of the end. <laughs> um, but it, it that's and that's actually kind of a sadder case because they're already their season's already over. So it's one of those things canceled uh, after your season's over. You're never gonna get a chance to do your little goodbyes. Or some or, you know, unless the Angel platform network or what it's Crackle picks them up or something. It's not impossible, but seems unlikely.
2: Um, actually, A.P. AC Bio got its second
3: season, so you're
2: safe. Oh, um, wow. you didn't kill
3: it. Well, <laughs> good old jinxy Shade. Well, well, I guess and <laughs> maybe I'll just start watching it. <laughs> and what else? Um, I mean, New Girl is ending, but that's planned. I mean, they're it's canceled, but they're wrapping it up. They have this season to wrap it up, and I think they got a couple, two or three weeks. But what else? Got uh. Taking a dirt nap. There's one more comedy that they...
1: Oh, oh, from Fox? the uh, 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 Last Man on Earth.
3: Last Man on Earth. Which I
1: think it's a shame. That was a show that I've been watching and I enjoy. Uh, and that's another one where it's over. I think it ended on a cliffhanger. and We're not going to know what happened. But, again, kind of a wacky sitcom. So
0: it Have we matter. talked about uh, Last Man Standing yet?
1: But that's gone. Last Man Standing is gone, oh, too? I'm sorry. No, uh, Last Man on Earth. Yeah, well that's what I was literally just talking about. Oh, but that's sorry. okay. It never hurts to talk about it twice in <laughs> the same time.
3: Hey, how is Last Man on Earth doing? Is that going to be? Re- Have you guys heard about it? Last Man on Earth? Never. Heard it's it not standing anymore. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm I'm curious about what happened to Last Man on Earth. Anybody know?
3: <laughs> just as long as Brooklyn Nine-Nine is still on, I'm I'm good. Oh.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't watch that even if it was the last show on Earth.
3: Well, yeah, it, oh. it's interesting. I mean, in this light, yeah, Fox just cleaned the. Clean the slate on their comedies, I think they're bringing in more football, but you know, that kind of begs the question now we're going to see this a lot. I think a lot more shows are going to start getting just the old, the old tempo. Um, well, shows like that, I think they,
1: they can thrive more on streaming services, uh, but football is one of the last things where networks know they're going to make money on. So I totally get where they're coming from. If they're adding another night of football. They know they're going to draw more viewers than no matter how good their comedy is. Mm-hmm. So they just got a clean house, and these shows that are getting on to three or four seasons, the actors have to get paid more every season. So
3: yeah,
0: it all adds up. Yeah.
3: And um,
0: the on the article that I'm on the article that I'm kind of lo- lo- that I'm looking over right now, here are some of the ones that are kind of on the chopping block. I want to know if you guys have heard on the bubble Agents, as they say. Yeah, uh, Agents of Shield. Is that still there?
2: Still here for now.
0: Okay. American Housewife. Don't
2: know on
0: that one. Black ish.
2: Um,
3: yeah. I'm not sure on that one either. I'd be surprised. I think it's a lot of good press. Yeah. I mean, that's
0: pretty critically acclaimed, but. What about uh, Designated Survivor? Mm mm. No. Okay. Fresh off the boat. I'm just gonna just wheel them off here. That how to Get Away big. with Murder, Quantico, Speechless, Alex Inc, The Crossing. No. Gone. In- all June? gone. Okay. Yeah. I think these should all go. We don't, we, we don't, none of us watch it.
3: <laughs> why don't we look the out? boat alone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, h- how about some of the happy news? The Goldbergs have been renewed. Anybody watch that?
2: I do. I love the Goldbergs.
0: Um. That's, that show, I'm the age of the kid in that show. So when when he did a whole episode of when he watched the um, Transformers movie and Prime died and it just kind of sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I mean, that was me. He's probably a couple of years older than me, maybe one or two years older than me. But, the, you know, man, that show is draped in nostalgia for me personally. I mean, oh, that's. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, Grey's Anatomy has been renewed. I, they have not What's finished the it there. So um, they have, the have a few more characters to kill off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Modern Family, a show that nobody watches anymore. Um, well, whoever hands <laughs> out the Emmys does.
3: I, I guess so. Bit, um, and
0: to... the big show, the comeback show of the year is Roseanne. And it's, it already got renewed. It, does anybody here watch that?
1: I saw most of the first episode. Seems like the same old Roseanne, mostly, uh, which is not bad, but I it's don't been know.
2: Done.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not as, it doesn't seem as snappy or as fresh as it used to. The material just, I don't know.
3: It's like an old piece of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. just let it lie there. <laughs> We don't need to explain <laughs> that yeah, metaphor. Yeah, no. It have the snap it used to, you know, it's, just, it's familiar, but you know, it just kind of still smells what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and by old pair of underwear, you mean not just full of skitties? Yeah,
3: well, I thought <laughs> that was a given. <laughs> yeah, that old.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mean, to me, obviously, the big one was Brooklyn Nine, you know, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think um, it just kind of shocked everybody because it seemed like the ratings are up, but. In today's TV, ratings are just not as important as they used to be, and I think network TV just doesn't quite know what to do with something. Um, And by the way, uh, I don't watch TV on network anyway. Does anybody in this room virtually speak? You know, watch TV anymore? Appointment viewing on NBC or something? Nope. No. I mean, it's it's got to be on Hulu. I don't care. It's got to be on Netflix. I don't care. I mean, just quite literally. Um, I stopped. I stopped watching, um, like, when the um, Big Bang Theory, like, when CBS started their own thing and they started taking things off of Hulu. This was a couple of years ago, but, you know, I lost track of CBS shows, you know? Yeah. I don't
2: uh, watch anything on there anymore either.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a death nail. Um, some of the shows that are, it seems to be, that's going to survive is going to be Gotham. Are you guys watching Gotham? Anybody here?
2: Oh, no, I stopped after last season. It just went downhill so hard.
0: Yeah, I pulled the
3: ripcord about... When was the um, the, the villains one? It uh, was it season two. It was... Yeah, I pulled the ripcord. I was just tapped out.
0: Oh, wow. It, you guys are nuts. It's just... It's such a good show. Um, and, I mean, I'm glad that it survived because it is... To me, it's like... Um, when the Terminator show came on a few years back on Fox, they only gave it two two seasons, and it, it it was it was good, and it was maturing into something great, and they they just never let it mature. Um, you know, on you know the opposite of my co-host here, I think Gotham has matured. It's now it's incredibly violent, and it should be on HBO, to be quite honest. Um, but it's. In my opinion it's fantastic and how the like the slow role, how the characters are taking on all the vices of um, you know, the Gotham villains, and the heroes are starting to kind of form, and they're kind of developing the Bruce Wayne character. They're taking their time and things like that, and um, you know, I got to disagree with you guys. Gotham is fantastic, and I'm glad that that yeah. survived. I
3: think we're all shaking our heads, <laughs> but luckily, yeah, well, I got to well, say, well, you,
0: that's, you love, that's, that's your love, you you know?
3: love <laughs> Smallville, and it, it, it kind of has like the, just the same self. Like, hey, do you like Superman and Batman? Yeah. Well, here they are as kids before they're Superman and Batman. It's like, oh, awesome! That's exactly what I like about them. You know, they're adolescents. I mean,
0: well, fuck. well, but you know, but that's not at all Gotham. It only has one, maybe two kids in it, and it's Bruce Wayne and it's Selina Kyle. So that yeah. analogy Petro. is putting the help. um Kittens. But Kittens. yeah, <laughs> so that
1: like, yeah, boy here. But well, you heard it here, folks. One out of four people agree, give Gotham a <laughs> shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's, here's another show that we, you, if you haven't started watching, you might be too late. I don't think the official word is out, but uh, most fans would agree it's done, uh, The New Lethal Weapon, uh, so a couple of seasons in now. Uh, backstage drama shook it out. Our boy, Clayne Crawford, he's on the outs, uh, but yeah. he's a fan favorite. So uh, put Fox in a weird position.
0: A friend of the show, by the way, he was on um, a couple of years ago. We had him on as a guest uh, to promote uh, – what was his movie then? I forget. Um, oh, I don't know. It was
1: some, some toxic uh, – Jacob's Ladder? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no, not Jacob's Ladder. Oh, uh, well, that sounds right. Was it Jacob's Well? Let's say Jacob's Well.
0: Uh, Jacob's Well, something like that. But anyway, yeah. it was a very good movie, um, and uh, he was in it. Uh, yeah, yeah
1: the, uh, the, the the horror thriller at the hospital. I can't remember the name, but it was actually really good.
3: Oh, right. Two-string I, yeah, budget, it but it that.
1: looked amazing. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: yeah. You see it, uh, name
3: check was out great. our archive. Yeah. <laughs> <Quite relevant. laughs>
0: but, yeah, we actually had him on, and my theory is that he already knew that he was taking over the role of Martin Riggs, uh, famously by uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. And it was, like, announced
1: a week after we talked to him, but he never said yeah. a
0: word to it. And I was pissed because, <laughs> oh, my God, these Martin Riggs. I, you know, there's two, well, there's the Christmas story. But other than the Christmas story, there's two legitimate Christmas movies in my mind. Uh, the, the the far inferior one is Die Hard, but the superior one is Lethal Weapon. And it's oh, it, no. this is the story of Martin Riggs. And no one's going to argue this, you know. No. It's the best Christmas movie. We'll just make and, uh, in the
3: conversation.
0: <laughs> no, I,
1: I don't think I don't think we want to expend the energy.
0: <laughs> but your uh,
1: blue sky world, there, Marky. The,
0: the one thing about this show, like I, I you know, I am an expert at Lethal Weapon*. I know that story. And the one thing that the producers did right, the two things that the producers did right, was they got. All of the little, tiny, little in-jokes and references, and they put them in this show. Some of the story arcs are direct pulls from the movie arcs, but a lot of it is just under the radar, really smooth. The second thing that they got right was the casting of Riggs, and Clayne Crawford is perfect.
2: Beyond perfect.
0: Beyond perfect. They got this right. And it really appears to me that they really fucked this up, <laughs> right? I mean, they got they, – something went horribly wrong to screw up the most perfect casting that I could possibly – that I didn't even think of, but it, it worked so beautifully. Who agrees? I here, here. agree.
2: I mean, he was born to play Riggs. Like, there's no doubt in my mind and it seems like he is maybe a little bit more like Riggs than we know of.
3: Um, With the recent
2: things that are coming out, we don't know if they're actually true, but that just speaks in volumes that he was born to play Riggs.
1: Yeah, all this just shook out a couple days ago. We don't have the juicy gossip yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it does seem like people kind of took sides. Damon Wayans plays Murtaugh, and I'm a fan of Damon Wayans. I used to like his stand up a lot. I've seen him live and, you know, I've seen him live before, and, um, I think he's a, he's a fine talent and all this stuff, but, and again, as the self proclaimed lethal weapon expert, Clayne Crawford was more rigs then Damon Wayans was Murtaugh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. And so if you were going to side with one of them, you should have gone with Clint Crawford. Yes. Yeah, really <laughs> yeah. um, and again, uh, there was a lot of retooling to the Murtaugh character to, for the show <laughs> than there was Riggs' character for the show. Um, and maybe it's Damon Wayans persona or thing, or something like that. And, again, he's fine as Murtaugh, but, um, you know, uh, he he wasn't too old for that shit, you know. Like, he, he was still kind of young compared to how I saw Murtaugh.
3: Yeah, even though um, he's probably the same age. I mean, he's in his 50s now, Damon Wayans. He's probably the same yeah. age as Danny Glover was back then, but. Um, but doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it, doesn't no. seem like it. it, doesn't have that kind of termosity, yeah, <laughs> kind of right. slow moving as the old uh, six-shooter, the old man gun and shit, and you know, and even though Damon Wayans is obviously the bigger name, has been for a long time, movie star, Major pain. what, um, I think in this instance, Damon Wayne would have been the smarter choice to recast if there's a bit of a beef between the two. Both are playing Crawford as Riggs, because I don't think you could recast I and mean, might as well cancel it. Just be done with it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think so, too. You know, like I want Now, I'm disappointed because one of the things that they did not introduce yet was the Rene Russo character, the Lauren character. And, you know, I was kind of, I was always looking for there to be some kind of Internal affairs kind of investigation, and it would have introduced. I was waiting for that. They, they, they did. They did introduce the um, the Leo Getz character in season. I think it what, was it was it in season one or was it in season two? Anybody know? I
3: think it was in one, but one. I'm not sure for one episode. Yeah. I
2: think and no, they did it back. perfectly.
0: Yeah. Um, so they, when they ended up bringing in the the Leo Getz character. Again, there was enough changes there um, to make it different and to kind of make it a little bit more modern, but it was still at the heart of it. It was Leo Getz and Shay. I think you're going to love this casting. It was Thomas Lennon.
1: Oh, you can use him in a lot of stuff, in my opinion. I love.
0: Tom yeah, Lennon. I know, and people do. <laughs> you know, like he's he's in a lot of things, and um, so they ended up they ended up uh, casting him, but. What they did with the Leo Getz character is that in the movies, Leo Getz is very one-dimensional, you know, and his his character doesn't really develop much. You know, he does a little bit, but um and hey, in the series, a real
3: estate agent after becoming a you know money launderer, bro, come on, yeah, well, that's the American was dream. A lawyer, you know, okay, and, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay,
0: okay, 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 Leo Getz, yeah. anything you need, Leo Getz, get it, you know, and we uh, get
3: it. Jesus yeah. <laughs> Christ!
0: It's been three movies, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Thomas uh, Thomas Lennon's version of Leo Getz He's like, man, you see him getting married. You see him doing. Like you see him being brave. You see him like he really did kind of grow. But at the same time, the reason why this 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 show was a good transfer, like why it worked in movies and why it worked when it was transferred to TV, is because you take a character like Leo Getz and you, you basically, uh, you allow him to show other aspects of that character. It, it was allowed to kind of grow a little bit more than what you saw in the movie. And, you know, you had him in three different movies, yet you still got to see these other sides of him. And um, they, they, yet, at the same time, he maintained the core um, character traits of the Leo Getz that was, done by Joe Pesci.
3: And without doing, like, a real shitty Joe Pesci impression. Which there was
0: no impression. Real
3: fucking right. hacky and easy to do, you know. Yeah. I could have done that and just, like, hey, all right,
0: bud. Well, like, um, in, in one of the last episodes that I saw with, with the Leo Getz character, for example, um, he is getting married, and he just makes Murtaugh, Damon Wayans, his best man, right? You know, Murtaugh doesn't want to be his best man because it gets as annoying, but he shows up anyway, you know, and that's his best man because, you know, in the movie, the Joe Pesci character, he just wants people to be his friend, and, you know, and these guys are assigned to him to protect him, and so they're – he thinks that they're his friends, and he just loves them, you know, and it's that little aspect of the character holds – and then they end up taking that into new eras. So um, it was a really good show. I'm going to miss it. And I really do hope that they cancel it. Yeah. Don't, it, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see it again. Like this is, they got it right. They fucked it up. Let's just move on. You know, like, I'm sorry.
3: This isn't Darren from Bewitched, man. You can't uh, just <laughs> scoot in another another dude to, to be a, a new regs. Are, are you yeah. sure? Would
1: you, if they got someone else, would you not even give it a chance? I remember no, sitting not, no. at this very same table in this very same studio uh, with a couple of people saying, why is everybody so mad that they recast Harrison Ford?
3: <laughs>
1: and uh, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a, 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 a some double talk from you here, Marquis. You, you're not going to keep an open mind.
0: Um, look, it's hard for me to say, like, Basically anything lethal weapon I will watch. I think, <laughs> but um, I'm going to be disappointed because I feel that they they really got it right. Like if they were to just do it again in a couple of years, like everything's new. Let's do a lethal weapon again. Let's do it. You know that that would be fine for me. But I don't even know if you guys knew this, but the the creator of uh, of lethal weapon, um, his name is Matthew Miller. Right, and if you guys to if you guys put him in the IMDb, uh, Matthew Miller, I believe, is actually the the writer of the original movies too. So, so Wait, you know,
1: is, uh, is he the guy who did uh, uh, what was the Russell Crow Ryan Gosling one?
3: Oh, the, um, uh, the good guys. The
1: good guys. I I feel like he did that one, which in my opinion was one of the
3: best scripts of the last couple of years
0: well someone needs to look that up,
3: you know. They, they ought to. while we go to the no, I think we're thinking um it was the nice guys and Shane Black.
1: Shane Black. That's what I was thinking well, sorry Matt Miller, you're back off the list.
0: <laughs>
3: I wanted to
1: see
0: well, it was,
3: the South American
1: It was
0: obviously um in, from Lee. It, it was obviously it's a Richard Donner film as we all know.
3: Yeah, of course. I'm
1: not but an like,
0: idiot. But like the, I think it was like the the like story buy or something has to do like somebody in the IMDb credits. If you guys, I'm I'm not gonna look it up right now, but like um, the the people that are responsible for the movie, you know, the main story of the movie are also responsible for the story. So there's still that tie into the film. These characters are there. Um, one of the one of the cool little touches is that. Um, Riggs in the TV show always wears these military boots Um, like no matter what. In the movie Riggs always wears cowboy boots, you know, even though he's in LA, you know, and you don't really get a lot of example, like a lot of explanation. Why is that? Well in the show as it turns out, Riggs is from Texas you know and that explains the boots and the reason why they didn't They didn't go that far in the TV show, but he wears these, like, military boots all the time because, you know, he was a Navy SEAL, and that's why he's a lethal weapon, of course. Um, But I just – I like that touch in that they they hint that he's from Texas in the movie. They explain that he's – and they show you why he's from Texas and why he left Texas in the show, but they kept him wearing boots. Anyway, even though they're military boots. So like these cool little things, um, and I'm just going to really miss this show. So rest in peace. Yeah, uh, it's gone. Yeah,
3: it's gone.
1: Um, uh, well, I, it, is it official now? I, by the time this is airing, it probably will be. But
2: I think they find out Monday. Um, that's where Fox reviews more of its shows, I guess. This is the final cutting block. Oh,
3: that's right. Um, that's
2: right. But... I mean, my heart is breaking. It sounds like you haven't seen the finale, so I'm not going to give anything away to spoil
0: anything. But I have it's not. It's a
2: good fin- series finale. Let's just okay. Put it that way. I'll probably catch
0: everything today. Um, yeah, it's a good show. I'm going to really miss it. So you know, uh, hopefully they cancel it. Um, all right. The uh, you know, before we kind of move on, uh, there was a little tiny bit of a mention there, and I'm sorry I didn't seg segue it there. But uh, you mentioned Smallville just for a brief second, Johnny Heck. I'm and, sorry. But, yeah,
1: that was your mistake, I, Johnny. I immediately uh,
0: regretted it. Drop the but, ball there. <laughs> yeah. so, since, since we're talking about TV and we're now Damn. talking about Smallville, um, did anybody, is anybody paying attention to the Alice and Max storyline here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
3: Bananas.
0: I, have, I have never heard, and I'm just going to say this, I could never in a million years imagined this story coming out of that actress.
1: All right, this is the uh, the sex cult uh, yes. kind of thing, right?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This I is, don't know. Uh, I, she's kind of I, – I look at her. That's what I was thinking right away. <laughs> All the <laughs> time. I said, that's mm, Chloe. That's
0: sweet little Chloe. There's darkness back there. Oh. Yeah. So, and uh, um, I mean,
3: Margie, w- we were talking about it, but it, it, the I story gets – Weirder, she, Chloe, or Allison Mack, um, married the actor actress from Battlestar Galactica, who played Callie, married her in Canada, and got her under her wing in the sex cult um, as one of the slaves, or what, a 33rd degree sex monster deal that they had, whatever title it was. So that was another promising actress that got flushed down the toilet, too, that you kind of wouldn't expect. <laughs>
1: I mean, that is, yeah, and, that's that's bizarre.
0: And that's what being a cast member of a 10 year long successful show will do for you. So we hope that these canceled actors and actresses.
1: Uh, can oh, spend oh a we, we probably for them. already lost them. <laughs> they all gone already. Well, long before their time. May
3: the sex cult guide you all. Oh. Uh,
1: so, anyway, I'm glad we did find time to talk about a sex cult. But uh, <laughs> there's actually. Canceled there, shows, there,
0: there is uh, there's one more cancelled show. Uh, Holy Hobbits, will you tell them which one that is? HBO's real sex cults. It's
1: a shame <laughs> that I feel the topic is just getting red hot.
2: Well, there's a bunch on my list, but the one that got me like really confused with the librarians with the uh, TNT.
1: Yeah, uh T N T not not just the big networks that, that kill shows.
2: Mm-mm.
1: That's uh kinda that's like four or five years at least, right? Believe well,
3: it's been on and off, right?
2: It's a summer show, so yeah. they have nothing to lose, nothing to really compete against. Oh, wow. and yeah, and it's
3: based on um, the librarian's TV movies, right? That's what it is. Yeah.
2: yeah. And yeah. I believe the same actor is in it, too.
3: Yeah, yeah so the, so guy from, uh, the guy from ER. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: A charming guy. I'm sure he's he's a big part of the reason for that success
3: and they start, um, yeah, you know, solid. Cast. Noah Wiley. Yeah, Noah Wiley. And then um, they had Rebecca Romaine in the cast, if I'm not mistaken. You know. um, uh-huh. That's a pretty big name. Um, you know, four seasons, TNT TNT's like, you know, we're going to spend some more money on, I can't even name another show on TNT. Um, oh. That ship, but that I think is. Oh,
1: cool. yeah. Right. Well, that's what I.
2: Ending, I think.
1: Does TBS have all the comedies in? They're the funny ones, right? With the people of Earth and stuff. All right, yeah. I don't know what TNT is doing.
0: Yeah, TBS is the funny. TNT is the. They know funny, funny. right? They've got (laughs)
1: funny. They smell funny. There's something funny over
3: at TBS. (laughs) We spent about a billion dollars on Big Bang Theory reruns. We're going to play them all day.
0: I I like watching, like, four Big Bang Theories in a row. Mm -hmm. Like, on a Saturday, I like that. I'm, I'm not kidding. Then I then don't I, watch any of the new ones because they're horrible. I do that but, uh,
3: and I, I stare at a noose and I just contemplate everything. And uh... <laughs>
0: they have got to, they have got to stop. Big Bang, you've got to stop making more shows. Hmm. Like it goes against. Like you're it all, goes against God and old you're, <laughs> you're 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 all nerds, weirdos, and geeks. You're all married to beautiful women. Stop! It hurts everything. It's like that stupid show Chuck. Like. He was supposed to be like this geek, and then he's like hooking up with all these hot chicks. You're just like, this doesn't make any sense. I <laughs>
3: call bullshit on that. We're St. Harrison Evers.
0: It's so dumb. I'm just, I'm sick of this crap. But, but uh, so anyway, we're we not, we're not your But
3: Leverians, that, that was a shocker. And I had um, an actor that started another show that was acclaimed on TNT. Um, I forget his name, but he was on a show called Leverage. Which
2: Christian, got Christian Kane. Yeah,
3: Christian Kane is kind of the badass, right? Mm-hmm. In both shows, I think yep. that's his kind of Emma. Um So another TNT show that got kind of the the rug pulled out from him. And I think these two shows have one thing in common.
0: Oh my god, we finally get to it! Yes,
3: the Damn. series creator, Marky White Men,
0: <laughs> Dean Devlin. Everybody, Dean
1: Devlin. I know, I know, I know some losers who went and talked to him at uh, WonderCon. Right? What?
0: Mm. Yes. So after all this time, we finally figure out why the hell we're doing this episode. We, we actually did talk to Dean Devlin. <laughs>
1: That's right. Uh, uh, luckily, I don't think you guys discussed the librarians. Please tell no. me you didn't. It's pointless. No. Oh, no. No. We
3: did, but not the show, just in general, librarians, you know.
1: They're hot, bro. Yeah. Oh.
3: Dewey Decimal <laughs> System, uh, Shushing. Newspapers on sticks, you know, typical conversation, man.
1: So so we're going to take a little break, and we're going to get back to a conversation about uh, things on strings and uh, whatnot with writer, director, producer, actor, Dean Devlin. Uh, So if you are looking forward to Bad Samaritan, stay tuned and listen to this first. (laughs)
3: Breakfast!
0: Take it from Carrinkles. That's me. The best breakfast under the big top is post sugar rice Carrinkles. So crinkly, so delicious, so different. Each grain of rice in Sugar Rice Carrinkles is carrinkled with honey and sugar. It's so good, I crinkle every time I eat it. No matter what other rice cereal you've ever tried, you'll love post-sugar rice crinkles best of all. Honey and sugar make it different and wonderful. A circus of fun to eat, so you crinkle on down to the store for post-sugar rice crinkles, the greatest cereal treat on earth. Okay, so you guys just heard that. Uh
3: the hell is a sugar rice crinkle? What was that?
0: Yeah, doesn't that, isn't that fucking creepy?
3: It sounds like the chicken fucker from South Park, you know, where he's trying to get everybody
0: to read. Oh, man, that was weird, man. Yeah, if you guys could see it, it's like this creepy, uh, this is like in the 60s. Um, It was a very short-lived cereal uh, by my estimation. But, yeah, the cereal was called Crinkle, and um, it was like a Rice Krispies kind of style, you know, with the puffed wheat. That's that's what I'm picturing, yeah. It's like uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Deconstructed uh, Rice Krispie treats in a box. Yeah. That's what I picture. And, um, and like so, this is like a. It's in mm-hmm. you know it's in the '60s, so like it's in black and white, and like this like this creepy looking clown, and you know he's totally serious. He's not trying to be creepy. He's just hey kids, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck? Like he's his eyes never come off of the camera. He's just like always looking at you, kind of weird, and then he's. Eating. So you have to watch. Yeah, you have to watch a clown eat. Like, <laughs> like, that sounds horrible. He's like smoking a cigarette and it's like uh, you know. But I thought it would be uh, apropos because of how weird th- this about how this this movie this trailer. I haven't even seen the movie, but how weird the trailer made me feel. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> it, Bad Samaritan. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 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 as you guys heard, you know, I mean, I was pretty creeped out by just the trailer. Yeah, yeah. You were you were white as a
1: sheet. Yeah. You were sobbing like a small child.
0: <laughs> well I don't it's think like, you uh, talked again for two days. You know, uh I think um I don't think I'm the only one, but uh you know, if you're let's say that you're house sitting or even something as simple as you're at a house party and you're using the bathroom, does anybody snoop? When you're like in the medicine cabinet, or maybe something like that, you just kind of open a drawer. Check out. Dude, yeah. Nobody has to admit, I'm that, not asking. That's, not that's a privacy line. line. This is a this is a rhetorical question. But I'm just saying. <laughs> no. that, this is uh, <laughs> because you uh,
1: know we should all be saying look,
0: no. You don't look. <laughs> you don't look in the medicine cabinet. You know, maybe you don't look. And uh, you know, what if all of a sudden you open the medicine cabinet and then just an ear falls out? Okay, like so you don't know what you're in for. When you snoop, right? Now, this movie, you know, they're they're going way beyond snooping. There, it's a it's a B and E, but um, yeah. Look at what they find, you know. That's horrifying. You know, like you shouldn't have been there. Well, this is all from the
1: trailer. Everybody listening, so don't be surprised. And what Marquis is referring to is a woman tied up in a house that uh, the main character is there to rob. Uh, We assume the main character again. Haven't seen the movie. Just just came out. I think
0: it's it's from the trailer. So I'm not. This is not a spoiler here. This is the whole premise of the movie. <laughs> so, but like, uh, but yeah. So you know, it's it's it goes beyond the fact that there's somebody tied up in this room. It's that you shouldn't be there in the first place. You shouldn't know this information. Yeah,
3: okay, you're committing a crime, and you you're, find yes. out a worse crime is
0: happening. Mm-hmm. You're not privy so to this information. So what do, you do? <laughs> so right, what do yeah. you do? And there's ethical implications, and just you know, just psychological implications. Like this is a horrifying situation to be in. And the protagonist here, I'm sorry, the antagonist here is David Tennant, um, and this guy is. He's an amazing actor, in my opinion. Does anybody agree with this?
2: Oh, absolutely. Sure.
0: I mean, he's British. He can't be bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not Shakespeare. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but yeah. I mean, he's no George
3: Lazenby, but I will say, yeah, he's full, he's gone, he's taken, his turn on uh, Jessica Jones was was awesome, and he's turning this one to 11, man. The creep factor is well and beyond what we've seen before, like Doctor Who, Doctor Who, that's gone. (laughs) I mean, this is just full-on creep town, man, and just at the trailer, you just get your, just, ugh, like you're freaked out. (laughs) <laughs> and and you know not to spoil the interview, but one of the things we talked about with Dean was what's more scary scarier is the quote unquote classic monster like a Jason or Freddy or a guy that could be anybody you know the dude next door that's the most creepy you know mm. y- you could find because when you find out a serial killer like the Golden State Killer just uh, they just found his old ass and it's like you know that was somebody's neighbor you know yeah, and for he years. And so that that's more freaky I mean, at least you can see Jason coming man. Yeah,
1: you you have to go to his camp usually is the way it works.
0: <laughs> yeah, you usually deserve it. Unless you way. live
1: in New York he's not coming for you.
0: Or or <laughs> yeah. space. Actually, uh, I believe I believe Jason did did go to Manhattan though, Shay. So he I did. Think... Well,
1: that's what I mean. You know, if you're in New York, maybe, but the odds are, you know, <laughs> like four and seven million, you're gonna be the one he kills. So,
3: I'm
1: not I'm not too worried about it as long as you don't go to Camp Crystal Lake or whatever. You're uh, you're gonna be all right. But if it's David Tennant, that guy's in everything. He can he can find you. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. charming. Uh, he's British. Uh, he's awfully white. You know, lots of things you don't assume uh, the guy who's going to kill you is going to be, but he might be the guy who kills you. At least in this movie, we think.
0: Yes, none, none of, of us accidentally have actually seen spoiled it. anything yeah. here. It was
1: clearly an accident.
0: <laughs> well, we actually we actually can't spoil it because none of us have seen it. Yeah. So I mean, well, it's, it's impossible. A broken to spoil. clock is right twice a day. You never. Know. I mean, yeah, we might. Uh, you know, we, uh, one of our theories might come true, but that's not spoiling. I mean, you can't. Yeah, this is. Uh, I know this is a this is a, a, a gray area, but you, you can't say, you know, spoiler alert if you've never seen it. Anything here is just conjecture, right? That's
3: all we do. We just throw it
1: on the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what we call journalism down here at the old Saturday morning cereal.
0: Yeah, um, I do want to kind of uh, you know just to kind of keep things rolling, keep keep everybody kind of kind of interested. Um, this. This movie, The Bad Samaritan, looks horrifying to me. Um, it's because I normally do bad shit that I shouldn't be doing, and I hope to never be in this kind of situation. <laughs> but um, the the thing though is, I want all of you to just reach in and find find a brave heart. And if you don't have a brave heart, well, I'm going to give you brave heart because one of our sponsors. What? Oh, I, I just tripped over a segue, <laughs> broke my nose.
3: <laughs> I wanted you guys to know that,
0: uh, that right now. on that one. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, uh, the very fine people at Paramount Home Movies. Um, they are sponsoring the show this week. And we have uh, Braveheart. You guys seen this movie? Anybody? I think
1: that's that new one with uh, Riggs from Lethal Weapon, right? Exactly. Yeah. The,
0: again, segue, segue. Everything ties in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Braveheart, yes, it stars Mel Gibson. He, he it only stars him, but he won an Oscar for directing this one, Best Picture. And it was a very good movie, even though culturally not accurate because they didn't wear kilts in Scotland in in those times. Um, But uh, you couldn't pass it up, could you, Riggs? Um, So uh, just in case you guys didn't know, uh, Braveheart, the street date is May 15th. Isn't that like in a couple days? Um, But uh, Braveheart is the richly detailed saga of power, passion, and the fight for freedom. Boast Mel Gibson as William Wallace, a bold Scotsman who relies on, no, who rallies his countrymen, uh, to, uh, liberation from oppressive English rule. Braveheart is the winner of five Academy Awards, oh my God, including Best Picture. Um, this is, of course, your typical audio and subtitles. It's on Blu ray 5.1, Dolby True HD, French 5.1, who cares about them? It's got 4K <laughs> Ultra HD with uh, English, Dolby, um, uh, subtitles are included. Special features include 4K, uh, ultra-high-def commentary by Mel Gibson. He's probably cursing most of the time. Um, Blu-ray commentary by, Blue Gr- by also in, on the Blu-ray releases. So Mel Gibson is gonna go on uh, uh, and um, put some commentary for you. Um, but uh, it includes Braveheart Timelines, Battlefields of Scottish Rebellion, Braveheart, a look back, even though the movie is looking back, um, Smithfield, medieval killing fields, uh, tales of William Wallace, and a writer's journey. Um, so yeah, this is Sounds right like now. This is the,
1: such a, an amazing amount of content. How much would I have to pay the show to get you to send me this?
0: Well, you are not eligible because you are on the show. But anybody listening right now, I want you to email uh, email Saturday. Morning serial at Maddie P. Radio. I want you to tell me about a time where you, what odd things you found while snooping in somebody else's medicine cabinet. And uh, you will get your own copy of Braveheart just because you told me this story. I'm sure it's horrifying. Um, anyway, just send, me, send us an email. Um, we have a couple of copies to give away. And then a little bit later on in the show, I will be giving away the three disc 4K UHD, that's ultra high definition, Blu ray combo pack with digital copy of Gladiator. So, uh. keep on. So, we're giving those away. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, Dean Devlin. Um, I think it ties in with these other movies, too, because he. They film them with cameras. They filmed them with camp. They had that right there. Got it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, this guy did Independence Day. Um, he did. Um, yeah, I think as a, as a he's been a big time producer for action movies for years. Action movies, yeah. He and he actually he actually produced um, uh, the Patriot, which is another Mel Gibson movie. Like um, there was like this era, like in the nineties, I guess, the early nineties, something like that, where. You know, it was kind of after the Stallone, Schwarzenegger, really over-the-top, you know, um, you know, kind of action movie. And I guess you could say grounded a little bit, you know, like a little bit. It's still a little, you know, out there, you know, um, a little over the top. But there was this kind of era of, of, of action movie. You know, I think it kind of started with Independence Day. It definitely was the first Will Will Smith, you know. Um, of, it was like the first of his Fourth of July releases that really blew up. And he had like four in a row. Um But, yeah, this guy's been around. You know, I actually, when I was doing, I don't know, let's call it research, but uh, when I was doing my research on him, um, I found out that, you know, Dean Devlin was an actor on the movie Real Genius. So this guy's been there a long time. Yeah, he's just, you know. He's been you know mostly behind the camera but he's he's also been there in front of the camera too and I I well, actually let me ask
1: you did he seem like a normal person when uh, when when you sat down and talked to him stared him right in his stupid eyes
0: <laughs> Yeah I uh, uh, Johnny Heck what was uh, what was your impression He was awesome I mean we
3: we got to sit with him in a pretty empty press room I mean I think we were the last ones there through a know well through complete fault of our own we got a little lost on the way but he hung back, and we sat with him. It was just us at the table, man. And, you know, we... we oh, talked by, by
0: the way, uh, we were at WonderCon. Did, did, have we mentioned that yet? Oh, we yeah. Mentioned? Okay. I, I brought it yeah. up. I was proud of it, yes. We yeah. were at so, WonderCon,
3: so continuing coverage of WonderCon 2018 in Anaheim, California. Um, and this was another one of our uh, exclusive uh, pieces of audio, but we got to sit with them, man. And, you know, a lot of times... Or, you know, sometimes it can be a little difficult to get some of that information out of uh, of people and just kind of ask him. Man, we just sat down with him and said, hey, Dean, and then off to the races. He <laughs> he told us everything we needed to know, and he was just sharing like he's, you know, kind of a, a geek himself. Uh, man, you just – you almost wanted to just high-five him after and go, this is my guy. You know, yeah, I would
4: agree
0: with that.
3: And when you have fans and, and we were talking about this during the break, when you have fans behind projects, the quality, you could tell the difference. You know, you got someone that cares about it. They're just not writing a check and go, hey, go make a movie. Um, I don't know why they sound like that, but. Hey, go make, the egg, the movie, you make a movie, stupid kids. yeah, my mama needs a new. Uh, all right, that's a <laughs> that's a spicy yeah. movie. So, um, the I mean, he is writing a check for this film, but he's a fan. I mean, he's talking about, you know, getting David Tennant, man, but he's he's like just kind of regressing into fanboy and talking about Doctor Who. So he's talking about. I, I, I wonder what that would sound like. Hmm. Oh, know. let's
1: take a listen. Uh, Magic Interview Machine, take us back to WonderCon one more time.
3: Meanwhile,
4: now, Tell us a little bit about the film. Well, you know, for me, I always make the movie I want to go see. And if I don't see somebody else making it, then I try to make it myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like thrillers, but there has been this kind of movement to turn thriller and horror movies into kind of torture porn. And, and Blood tests. and I understand that there's an audience that likes that and there's some people who do that really well but it's it's not interesting to me personally. I, I, I was thinking in my head about like the movie Disturbia or of course even better the Alfred Hitchcock movies and I missed them and I thought I would really love to see if you could do that today for a modern audience and Brandon Boyce wrote this wonderful script he, he let me read it and I just I went, I went crazy for it and I said I want to make this movie and he said what studios are we gonna take it to? I said none I'm going to write a check, and we're going to go make a movie right now. And uh, it allowed us to make the film the way we wanted. And I think the reason this film has had some things that feel very special to the audience and why it's being embraced in the way it is, is because we didn't have to answer to anyone. (coughs) We just got to make it the right way.
3: Uh, you produced so many great films. A lot of action, um, just phenomenal movies. What um, did you kind of take the turn into this? super suspenseful kind of quote, you know, uh, psychological thriller, maybe horror, um, to kind of go that direction, is that something you've always wanted to do, or do you think um, it was an easy transition?
4: Um, It it was very difficult. I've never done anything like this before, tonally and uh, what the focus is, but that's what made it so challenging and exciting. I mean, it, it, it all started with a script I fell in love with and a vision for a kind of movie that I hadn't seen in a long time that I really wanted to make. Uh, But I had to reinvent all the the language that I used to make movies. I mean, I I shot this with different lenses. The uh, the distance the camera was from the actors was totally different than anything I'd done before. Um, You know, the the, the whole way we approached production was different. Um, But that's what made it exciting and terrifying because since it was so out of my wheelhouse it wasn't until the first screening did I know if I had completely screwed this up or not. And so uh, the writer and I were literally in the back of the theater terrified, you know, what if this movie's awful? And then we heard the screaming and the laughing and the cheering and then we all relaxed and said, okay, good, this this worked the way we wanted.
0: definitely, you actually bring in uh, David Tennant, who's gotta be one of the more in-demand actors right now. Uh, Can you tell us how, uh, if you thought about him during the process or if he just fell in your lap because This guy is killing it right now, playing this type of character.
4: Well, in all candor, I am a huge Doctor Who geek. Uh I just love Doctor Who and he's my favorite Doctor. Um, So I've wanted to work with him forever. I'm just a huge fan of his. And every time I would bring him up on studio pictures, they would say, oh, he's not a star. He's not... And I said, you're wrong. You don't get it. You don't get how many people love this guy. And so once I had the opportunity to do a movie where I didn't have to answer to anyone, uh-huh. I said, "I'm Captain David Penelope." Okay. So then I had to convince him to do it. So you know, we did this Skype session, and he's in London, and I'm in Los Angeles, and I'm trying to act. Sophisticated and cool. Because
0: you're really just trying to be Doctor Who at this point. <laughs> I'm so
4: fanboying out. And I'm just like, and, and you know, my, my cool act lasted maybe 10 minutes, and then I'm asking about the TARDIS, and yep, you know, and I, I don't do know. 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah, and, and, and then he could tell. And, and then, sure enough, now I'm unbuttoning my shirt and showing the Doctor Who t shirt I have <laughs> on beneath. And then he (laughs) he corrected me that I actually had the t-shirt on for Dr. 11, not Dr. 10, and I had to take my foot out of my mouth. Which makes (laughs) you
0: like him more because he's not just an actor, he he He, knows
4: it. He knows it. And uh, anyway, he forgave me for the wrong Dr. Who shirt and he agreed to do the movie and it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had working with an actor. Um, Was this
0: before he did the Jessica Jones role? No, he
4: had done Killgrave already. So
0: you you had already seen him do that. Um, Did that inform your decision or was it already made?
4: I had I've wanted to work with him forever. Okay. That just confirmed any if there was ever Dad, any doubt that he could do it. You yeah. saw that and just said, okay, that's one of the most terrifying characters you've ever seen.
0: We were we were talking about that today. Yeah, that,
3: ahead of this, we, we were, were fanboying about Killgrave and that show, and, and it, it and so so this had
0: nothing to do with this with with Bad Samaritan coming mm-hmm. out soon. But like it was like we were just talking about Jessica Jones and about his place, like and all this stuff, and about it was that character.
4: Well, first of all, Je- Jessica Jones is a really good show. Absolutely. I mean, it's really well no made doubt. across the board. But, but how good but, is he? But his performance <laughs> is through the roof. Through the roof. But yet, he's terrifying because he has this terrifying superpower. What makes him even more terrifying in this is that it's somebody you could actually meet in real life. You know, it was interesting because I remember the first day in editing. My editor said, "How did you get his eyes to do that?" And I said, "Do what?" And he goes, "He's got shark eyes." And I went, what? And he goes, "Look, <laughs> he's got shark eyes." And, and sure enough, it was He had done something where his eyes look like a shark, and it's so terrifying. And and you know, one of the things that people have been saying when they see it is that they actually find this more terrifying than than supernatural movies because they feel like this could happen to of, them.
0: When you're watching this trailer and you see what the protagonist is kind of what, how it's setting up and how it's setting up, um, I don't like particularly the movie where the protagonist is constantly kicking his hat away from his from, his, <laughs> from his grip,
4: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Making the wrong decisions, making the wrong decisions. You see this in the trailer. Did you did you stop that from happening? Is this a character that we can ultimately? come to appreciate, or is he just an idiot? He's doing
4: the wrong thing. I think the thing that you're going to see with this, and and this is where, this is probably the biggest difference about doing a movie independently than doing it with a studio, is that every studio that had seen the script had said, the minute that guy leaves the girl behind, I don't like him and I don't like the movie. Okay.
3: Mm. Yep.
4: And when we tested the movie, when we screened it for people, we said, why did you like the movie so much? And they said, because that kid screwed up and he left that girl behind and he had to make it up. And the reason they felt that way, though, was not... This wasn't just that the studios were stupid, because they're not stupid. It was that it took a performance that made you feel like that could be you. And Robbie Sheehan's performance is so amazing, and he's willing to look so unattractive and to to make the wrong decision and to, to be cowardly. And it's so cowardly that nobody... Well, you'd, you only would have two choices if you were that cowardly in a moment in your life. You'd either have to rationalize it and defend yourself and say, well, I did the right thing, which makes you a real coward. Or you try to right the wrong, and he tries to right the wrong. And Attaboy. But it's only because when you see this performance that you you want him to right that wrong. If I think if it had been another actor who cared more about being tough or looking strong I don't think you would have liked him. I think I don't think you would have forgiven him for it. I okay. think you would have just thought he was a stupid idiot. But Sheehan gives such a sensitive performance, such a vulnerable performance, that y- you really care about him. And it's interesting because he's, he's not a great character. You know, again, if I did this at a studio, he'd He'd be taking care of his injured mother while he works at the orphanage <laughs> yeah. and takes care of the puppies. This guy is... is no, more, he's, a, he's not a good dude. He's, he's very morally ambiguous. I mean, he's lying to his girlfriend about what he does. He does love his girlfriend. He does love his parents. But he's not honest with them. And he is stealing from people. And, you know, so it, it's not... Like he,
0: like he kind of deserves what's coming to him, in a way. That's
4: right.
1: All right, and that was uh that was our exclusive in person face to face WonderCon interview with Dean Devlin, uh all about the uh his big new psychological thriller, uh Bad Samaritan goes to Charlie Brown or something. What, uh, what's it called? Bad Samaritan. It is but not good. Not good. Bad Samaritan. Yes. If you bought tickets to Good Samaritan, you're probably gonna be bored.
3: <laughs> it's out now, go check it out. Um, as you could hear from the the director, writer, producer, all of the above, there's a lot of heart that went into it, and um, I think it deserves your time. Check it out; it looks scary mm-hmm. as hell.
1: And the trailer is creepy, very creepy. It's, We're gonna have a link to it. I think what he and he said, you know, he's trying to make it more like Hitchcocky and get under your skin, kind of a suspense, not you know, uh,
0: you know, torture porn, right?
3: Like Saw, like the and Saw and movies no. and
0: stuff that. Uh, I, yeah, well, I don't even just just from the actual look of the trailer. I mean, it's very it's it's quite possible that he doesn't actually hurt anybody. You know, you don't see anybody get slashed. You don't see anything. You don't see any blood. This is just strictly a guy's in a place where he shouldn't be. See something that he shouldn't be seeing. Doesn't know what to do and it appears he does everything wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's, that's basically yeah,
1: me. At, a good 90 yeah, minutes
0: going downhill, yeah, that's, is my guess. That's basically exactly. me, at, me at work every day. So <laughs> I, can, I can definitely <laughs> relate. Yeah, I'm going to – I live it, and I can see this happening. <laughs> but, you know, whether you see David, you know, the bad Samaritan, David Tennant actually hurt anybody, it's – who cares at this point? This is such a, a psychological mind screw because, like, you know – um, and everybody should watch this trailer because what it you know what it uh, what it shows you is that you know this guy breaks into this house he sees this girl she's asking for help she's obviously in a very bad situation in massive distress and he doesn't know what to do he says sorry and he just leaves her there Ugh, and it's, so
1: it's just I bet a lot would be a lot of people's reactions I know, so I think that's the first thing that makes me creeped out. Like, yeah, I'd do the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I know. It no was luck, so Dame. Good luck with all that. You know, I get her out of there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but um, obviously, the you know what I can uh, again glean from the trailer is that he's going to spend the rest of the movie trying to repair that mistake. You know, and that's why the actual slogan of the trailer is like uh, one bad decision uh you know, uh one bad anyway, it, it ruins your life. Yeah, you know, you don't it's drink like, and drive. Yeah, like this one thing that you do and it's just it's over, you know. Um and wow, it's dread. And uh it seems like a great movie. I you know, uh, I can't wait to see it. Let's uh, we're I'm gonna have to call my buddy Dean and hopefully he'll send me a copy i 'cause I'm I'm tired of paying for movies. Um yeah. it, and it, it just came
1: out but it's getting great
0: buzz, great reviews so far. Yeah. Um But, yeah, I, I think it's time to give away some Gladiator, huh? Um Gladiator's coming out right now. It's uh coming out also on May 15th. It's a 3-disc, 4K, uh, ultra-high-definition Blu-ray combo pack with digital copy. If you guys have never seen this movie, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's featuring both the theatrical and extended editions. Gladiator is the stunning historical epic that follows Maximus Decimus Meridius. The brave general who was forced into slavery emerged as a gladiator, and defied an empire, masterfully directed by Ridley Scott and featuring a riveting performance from WrestleCrew. Uh, Gladiator is a magnificent combination of vivid action and extraordinary storytelling and is a winner of countum Five Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Actor. That's a lot like Braveheart, who also won yeah, five... does Academy. sound a lot like Braveheart. <laughs> um, this is another Blu-ray. This does not have uh, vanity-laced commentary like the Mel Gibson one, but it does have an introduction by Ridley Scott, commentary by director by director Ridley Scott and actor Russell Crow, um, and um, also, I'll always take a Russell Crow plus by, uh, Ridley Scott over just one stupid Mel
3: Gibson. <laughs> And what's cool is that they actually get oh, yeah. in a fist fight during the uh, commentary, Russell Crowe. putting uh, you know, up fifth and feet. just, you know, just because Ridley just won right in the kisser. It's just uh, Yeah, sure. um,
0: <laughs> another cool feature which I can't wait to see are the deleted scenes. Could you imagine the deleted scenes where there's a massive giggling by Russell Crowe dressed as a gladiator? I, I can't <laughs> wait to see that. Um, there's <laughs> there's the the visions yeah, from Ephesians. Uh, strength and Horror, Creating a World of the Gladiator, Image and Design, Storyboard. Dem- I love storyboards. I love storyboards. This is I love storyboards. Um, so you're going to get to see those. Photo galleries, um, just all kinds of stuff. So, uh, again, um, I think on this one, we're going to give this one away on Twitter. So I fooled you guys. We're not going to give that away now. Pay attention to at Stay Classy SDCC. Um, we'll be giving away... Uh, the 3-disc 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack with digital copy of Gladiator for the first time available on 3-disc 4K Ultra High Definition <laughs> Blu-ray combo pack with digital copy uh, to go with our Braveheart on 3-disc 4K. A ultra High Definition Blu-ray combo pack with digital copy, by all given to us gracefully by our friends at Paramount Home Movies. So there you go. If that's you guys want to see lettuce
1: cheese, that's a that's, that's a mouthful, a buddy. Thanks for getting us through that. But uh, can can they
0: start uh, trying to win the Braveheart now? Can they yeah, yeah. the so, emails uh, now? Uh, send us an email. It's Saturday Morning cereal at MattEPRadio Johnny Heck is going to scour our email feed. Uh, and he's gonna pick out a winner or two and then pay attention to, uh, my, um, Twitter feed at State Classy SDCC. We're gonna, we'll start giving them away during our, uh, premier, the premiere of this episode. So, um, pay attention there if you guys really want this thing. Um, let me know. If not, um, I'm going to open it and watch it. Well, first got to buy a 4K player. But um,
3: <laughs>
1: and, um, yeah. Let's see if Sony will sponsor our next episode, Marky. <laughs> I'm hoping so. And, <laughs> and
3: also, um, everybody make sure to go to iTunes or wherever you listen to our wonderful podcast and rate us, subscribe, give us glowing reviews, because damn it, we deserve it. And also check us out on MadEPRadio.com. There's a Another show on there. We have a, a, a vast network of two shows, uh, <laughs> free shows on there you could listen to, and follow our buddy Marky at Stay Classy SDCC on Twitter, and your boy at Johnny Hack, and our yeah. guest host Hollywood. Yeah. Can we yeah, find Holy you? Yeah, Holy Hobbit. So you at, got, you uh, have some yeah. uh, some Twitter uh, presence.
2: Yep, Holy Hobbit.
1: At Holy at Hobbit. Hobbit. Yep. Uh, is, is that with a with
4: a E or a J?
2: No. <laughs> no. None
4: of them. All right. You heard One it. Out.
0: <laughs> How many bees are in Holy Hobbits just know anybody off the top of their head? Um I feel like this is a setup and I don't want to walk into <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay, I'll save I'll save it uh, we'll
1: we'll just clip hang that, okay? <laughs>
0: right. All right, thanks guys for everything.
1: All right, yeah, this has been a, a great episode. Everybody, go uh, go lavish praise on us online, then uh, go check out uh, Bad Samaritan,
0: lavish some praise on that wherever you can. And, and uh, if you guys really want a good time on Thursday nights on the the Maddie P channel on Block Talk Radio, Mark's First Pros is the craziest. Oh uh, yeah, hour. big Mark's First Prose
1: Pros. Uh, Marks vs. Pro Wrestlers Uncensored, I believe, is the full title, and it is uncensored. Uh, And if you like wrestling, you've got to check it out. It's kind of like...
0: like just weirdos. This this show is fantastic. Like Mm. a
1: gaseous nebula where they're trying to make wrestling stars, and they're getting some momentum. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, Rock Richards, you're going to hear that name a lot in the future if this show has anything to do with it. Um, I'd see who else. Uh, uh, Holly, you got any uh, movies you're in you want to plug or anything here at the end?
2: No, I mean, honestly, I would hit up Dean Devlin on Twitter. He's pretty active on there, so yeah. i check him out. Um,
3: That's what.
1: Yeah, they, you know, you, you can actually make friends on Twitter like that. You'll never have to meet him in person, but you can make friends on Twitter. Uh, you can also do that, of course, with us at uh, State Class ESDCC or at Johnny Heck um, or at Holy Hobbits or at or at Holy Hobbits mm-hmm. uh, or you can probably just uh, you put that, that at radio. The symbol and then just just spray in ten letters, you'll find somebody. <laughs>
3: yeah, man, we're that's everywhere.
1: It. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and I'd say that's about enough of this. Bye. Yeah, that's enough of this. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.
2: G-I-G-O-
1: ah, this is enough of this.